y'all. Welcome to the second episode of Feed the Bean. I'm Andrew, your host, your daddy day cuisine, and father of the bean. This is a show in which I make gourmet-ish foods for my picky eating toddler. Last week, we made chuchi curry, a fancy feeling meal that took very little prep time and very little effort. I decided this week to go the exact opposite direction and make something truly gourmet. It was a challenge. Uh, There was a lot of challenging aspects to this meal, chief among them. I'm currently not at home in Massachusetts, but rather visiting family for the holidays in Florida with my toddler, my newborn, and my cat, of all things. What makes that challenging is not just cooking in your own kitchen and playing an away game, but also having to find the ingredients. Now, my battle with supermarkets has been well documented. I hate them. I can never find anything. It's not their fault. It's my fault. I'm useless and stupid. But that stupidity compounds when I don't know any of the supermarkets or markets in the area. This week, I'm really excited about the meal. It's one of my absolute favorites and features my absolute favorite protein that I mentioned last week, duck. This week, I made comfit duck legs, roasted duck breast with Asian mushrooms, pickled onions, and steam buns or bao made from scratch. Duck is a magical protein. It is fatty. The skin is unlike any other fowl or poultry that exists. It crisps up. It gives so much flavor. There's a number of different ways to cook it, and all of them are right. There's no wrong way to cook duck, except for one specific dangerous way to do it, and that's overcooking duck. If it loses that pink, purple coloring on the interior and turns gray, you've ruined it. You took what makes duck magical and you've stripped it bare. You're a criminal and I'm coming for you. My history with duck goes back a long way. I had my first taste of duck at Ella's in Wareham, this great restaurant run by an excellent chef who moved back to the area from Boston. Uh, The story is that he wanted to provide elevated dining and meals to an area that otherwise doesn't really have high-end food. And he makes this incredible duck dish. Uh, I was blown away. And it just so happened that two of my very good friends from high school and college uh, were duck hunters. So they invited me to go duck hunting with them, and I instantly fell in love with the pursuit. My wife says I have an addictive personality. I prefer to think of it as passionate about one specific thing, ignoring everything else. I fell in love with duck hunting. I would go every day after work when light permitted, and once daylight savings ended, I would go every Saturday morning. Uh, me and my my buddy became pretty deadly to waterfowl out there. A fun way to spend six hours in waist-high freezing deep water. And it just so happens that at the end of the day, if you do it right, you get the best meat for your dinner table that you could possibly imagine. 
Unfortunately, a hobby where you wake up at three in the morning and disappear for anywhere from six to 12 hours becomes slightly less feasible with two children, especially when one of them wakes up at five in the morning every day. So the last two years has seen a drastic drop off to my duck hunting, which is a trade-off I happily make. There's nothing I love more than my family. But it does leave a lack of duck on the dinner table, which is heartbreaking. I had a rule during duck season that I would never buy duck. Not if I could go out there and get it myself. Unfortunately, I've had to suspend that rule because I'm not duck hunting, which led me to my first issue in Florida. It turns out it's really difficult to go out and buy simply duck legs, which is all I wanted. My goal originally was not to do roasted duck breast at all, but rather four or six confit duck legs. Arriving at Whole Foods, I found out that's not possible. They only sell duck breast individually and not duck legs, uh, which left me with a bit of a bone to pick with Whole Foods because uh, I've watched Top Chef. And those chefs go in there looking for all sorts of wackadoo cuts of meat, and they never have an issue getting their hands on them. Now, they're world-renowned chefs, some of them, but I'd like to think that Whole Foods would treat me the same. Unfortunately, they are a cathedral to late-stage capitalism with their rocket moon boss, and I wasn't able to get just duck legs. That's okay. I instead bought an entire duck. And I would simply butcher it, break it down, take the duck legs, and roast the breast while I confit the duck legs. If the duck legs were the only thing I had trouble finding, then I would have considered myself lucky at the end of this endeavor. But that was really just where the trouble started. For whatever reason, Whole Foods also doesn't have hoisin sauce, which is a pretty standard Asian sauce. They had one type, it was this garbage organic one that had the consistency of apple cider vinegar. Not going to spread that on a steam bun. I don't want to ruin my whole meal with a condiment. Nowhere in Florida sells steam buns either. I went to Whole Foods. I went to Publix. I went to Target. I went to Trader Joe's. I even called three different local Asian markets. Nothing. Now, the area of Florida I'm in is sort of a mecca for old Jews, which is great. Love to have them. Love to be one. One day I hope to retire in a mecca for old Jews. Old Jews love Asian food. It is mind-blowing that there were no steam buns in the whole area. No bow. N nowhere. So, okay. In for a penny, in for a pound. I'm going to make steam buns from scratch. I've never baked anything aside from pre-made cookie dough. And even that, I eat 90% of it and end up baking three cookies, but I'll give it a shot. We'll give it a go. What's the worst that could happen? So I look up the a recipe. Uh, it's pretty simple, has pretty standard ingredients. Most of them are already at the house. I just need to find a few additional things, one of which being cornstarch. So this is day three now of trying to find the ingredients for this recipe. And I'm starting to think maybe I give up on the whole thing. 
I've already had the duck legs curing for two whole days. So maybe I don't do steam buns. Maybe I try to find a different way to serve it. Maybe I do it over quinoa or something. And then I think to myself, what are you talking about? Quinoa is disgusting. Why would you put something delicious like confit duck legs on what's essentially a hot pile of trash? So I'm walking up and down the aisles of Publix and I can't find cornstarch, which I need to make the flour a little thicker or the dough a little thicker for my steam buns. And I can't find it. And I'm thinking, all right, this is just standard Andrew's stupidity coming to the fore where I can't find anything in front of me. Unless it's directly in front of my eyes, I'm not going to see it. So I pace the aisles. Okay, maybe it's not in the baking needs section. I've fallen into this trap before. Maybe it's elsewhere. Walk three more aisles. Can't find it. Finally, I work up the courage to ask uh, the gentleman that was working there where the cornstarch was kept. He tells me, oh, cornstarch is really hard to get right now. There's kind of a shortage of it. We, we haven't gotten any in in a while. I say, oh, it's hard to get now. No kidding. And I slump down and lean against the aisle, and I am on the verge of tears after three days of hunting for duck, of hunting for hoisin, of hunting for steam buns, of hunting for cornstarch. I think this is only the second episode of the podcast. Surely it shouldn't be this hard already. But nothing worth doing is easy, I hope. I hope that's true because this one was not easy. And I wish that the trouble stopped with just finding the ingredients. But the cook was difficult too. The hands-on time is not a lot. But when you're dealing with smoking hot fat, it becomes treacherous. I got literal blood, sweat, burns, and nearly tears into this meal. I also thought I might add some beautiful garnishes. One shortcoming I have when I cook is making the meal look appealing. I'm always much more of a function over form in all facets. But studies have shown that beautiful-looking food actually tastes better to people. And if I'm going to put something that I've spent five, six hours cooking in front of someone, it needs to appeal to them visually as well as tastefully. I don't know. What's the orally? Orally? Mm. Either way, it needs to look good. So I thought it might be nice to garnish with some radishes, some watermelon radishes. I've seen that on TV. They look beautiful. So I'm at Publix and I'm in the vegetable section and I'm searching for radishes. It occurs to me when I look at a beet, I don't know what a radish looks like. I wouldn't even find it if I saw it. So I Google what a radish looks like. Sure enough, looks just like a beet. And guess what isn't in stock at the supermarket? Goddamn radishes. Why can I not just buy the stuff I need? These are supermarkets. They felt decidedly unsuper this past week. After my radish failure, I decide, let's make it without cornstarch, without radish, 
This meal doesn't need to be beautiful this time. Just needs to taste good. I need to start cooking. I need to stop searching in supermarkets because I'm having a mental breakdown in public. If you've ever seen a grown man cry in the vegetable section at a public supermarket, it's not pretty and it's not something I wanted to record for you all. So I leave the supermarket, I hop in the car, and I have no service. And I have no idea where I am in relation to my in-law's house. I've gone to three different markets at this point, excluding Target that I went to first. I'm so turned around and every road looks the same. Every road has the same strip mall with a nail parlor, a pet groomer, a chiropractor, and a hair salon. I don't know how to get home and I'm angry. And so I just drive fast until I get service. And I'm thinking to myself, please just let me get home. Let me see my family and snuggle my baby so I can get this rage out. But enough about my failures outside of the kitchen. Let's talk about my successes in it. Uh, I got home and I had my duck legs curing for the last 48 hours. I'm not going to really get into detail about how to break down a duck with the legs. You just pop the hip sockets, cut around it, leave as much fat on as possible. But the cure adds a ton of flavor and is an essential part of making confit legs. This recipe was pretty easy. Uh, simply a little bit of sugar, some salt, some pepper, a bunch of minced garlic. Again, I multiplied what a normal recipe would call for by two, a bunch of thyme, chopped, and your duck legs. So you let those cure covered in shrink wrap for two days and you're ready to go. One ingredient I left off that I was able to find easily at Whole Foods, one thing they did have, thankfully, was duck fat. In order to confit anything, you need to submerge it in fat. That's what it means in French, I think. I don't speak French, but we're just going to go with that's what it means. I'm not going to fact check that. You don't need to fact check me. If I'm wrong, keep it to yourself. Or if you want to at me. Do a feed the bean on Twitter. Uh, I would love to respond to you, but don't be mean. Be nice. So we're ready to go with our duck legs. It's a simple matter of taking your duck fat and melting it in a saucepan, putting the duck legs in a casserole dish. You want one with high walls and just large enough to snugly fit your duck legs without them overlapping. The smaller dish you have, the less duck fat you need to do. And you want to make sure that the duck fat is covering all the way above the skin. That way the skin doesn't crisp. It doesn't overcook. And what happens is when you set your oven to 200 degrees Fahrenheit and you put the duck and duck fat in the oven and let it slow cook, it breaks down all the connective tissue and sort of caramelizes uh, the gelatin in there, and it, it yields a succulent and delicious and tender meat for a section of the duck that can typically be, 
be pretty tough if you don't take your time and slow cook it. So while those duck legs were in the oven for two and a half to three hours, I started making my dough. I was actually shocked how easy it was to make bao, to make steam buns. You make a dough mixture with flour, salt, baking soda, a little bit of milk, some water, and of course, yeast to raise the dough. You mix your dries, you mix your wet separately, and then you combine them in a kitchen stand mixer. If you have it, you can do it by hand, but I'm weak and lazy, so I elect to automate that. I added a dough attachment to the KitchenAid stand, and I just let her go for a while, and it made an excellent consistency dough. Uh, Then you cover the mixing bowl and let it proof for two to three hours until it triples in size. That was it. So while the confit was going, the steam bun dough was proofing, and I had some downtime, which means it was time for some chef snacks. Snack time. This week's chef snack was a simple one. Five spoonfuls of peanut butter. Delicious, nutritious, filling, and definitely leaves you feeling guilty afterwards, which is the hallmark of any great snack. Once the duck legs were reaching the two and a half hour mark where I knew they would be cooked through, it was time to go into the hectic stage of cooking, which is having five different things going at once, which is not a strength of mine. Uh, I was frazzled and overwhelmed. But the easiest part of this whole process is cooking the duck breasts. People are often intimidated by duck. It's seen as fancy, as gourmet, when in reality, it's actually easier to cook than chicken. Chicken comes out dry, comes out stringy. As long as you don't overcook duck, you're good. Duck breasts are even easier. You start with a cold stainless pan. You lay the duck breast down after salting and peppering it, skin side down, and turn the heat on high. And you sit there and you look at it and you listen to it crackle and pop and the smell fill the kitchen. And you use your tongs. And once the skin is browned and looks crispy, you flip it over and do the same to the other side. Then once that side is brown and crispy, you take it off the heat, flip it back onto the skin side and put it into an oven that's been preheated to 400 degrees for six to eight minutes. I did six because I want to make sure I'm not overcooking this duck, and then you just let it sit. You're done. You just made the fanciest, most delicious meat you can, and all in, it took you about 10 minutes and a little bit of salt and a little bit of pepper. So I set those aside, and I started kneading out my dough, which had proofed nicely. I was shocked. I thought it was going to be a sticky mess when I pulled it out, but it was exactly how it should be. So I rolled it out about a quarter of an inch thick, And I took a wine glass that had like a three and a half inch opening and I just cut out my steam buns and I took what was left over, rolled that out again and kept on doing it until I used all the dough. I had about 14 steam buns in all. 
I had the steamer going. You want a low boil, not a roiling, rolling boil. And you cook them till they puff up. Then you take them off. Oh, one thing I left off. You need to, after you have your little biscuit-shaped steam bun dough, rub olive oil on it and fold it in half. That way you have a little taco-shaped steam bun that you can put all your goodies in. At this point, I needed to start cooking my Asian mushrooms. So I took three packs of mushrooms, dropped them in a pan, poured as much ginger and soy as I felt was appropriate, which was, of course, too much, but it cooked down. And you saute the mushrooms in that. Throw them off. I had also, while the dough was proofing, started the quick pickled red onions. Um, You can just simply pour apple cider vinegar into a bowl, slice your onions thin, put them in the bowl, and let them sit for 30 minutes. I, again, like to overcomplicate things, so I decided to make it a little tougher on myself and tried a whole recipe for making the pickling solution. But I'm not going to even bother telling you about it because it literally had no difference in taste from a standard, easy, quick pickle. So for your purposes, if you're making this, just throw it in the apple cider vinegar and forget about it. Don't make it more complicated. Don't make it more difficult. You're already doing five things. What are you thinking? Why are you doing this to yourself? Is this even worth Yes, it's worth it. Just do the quick pickle. Don't make it hard. And now it's time to pull out the duck. And luckily for me, because I've removed the duck breast, I already have a pan that's hot that has duck fat in it. So I simply removed the duck legs from the casserole dish and put them uh, on the pan. High heat, skin side down, and crisped up that, that leg skin. God, it sounds kind of brutal when you talk about eating animals in terms of eating their leg skin, but uh, it's the best part and it's worth it. And I'm sorry you had to die duck, but I'm not sorry I got to eat you. Then all that was left was to plate all of the food. I tried to get fancy. I put the confit duck leg. Oh, that's not all that's left. God, I'm scatterbrained. There was a lot of parts to this meal and I'm not used to doing like a five stage cook. So sorry if I'm bouncing around a bit, but I'm scatterbrained and this was scatterbrained and I haven't been getting a lot of sleep, which we're going to talk about in a minute because I'd like to reach out to my listeners for some advice. So I then pulled the duck legs, uh, not a full shred, but pulled the meat off and sliced the bigger chunks so that they were easier to apply inside the bow. What I did was I took a shallow bowl and I put all the confit duck legs meat in the center, and then ringed the beautiful duck breast around the outside, which I sliced at a slight angle. In another bowl, I put the mushrooms. In another bowl, I put the pickled red onions. And then in a small condiment dish next to it, I put uh, the hoisin sauce. And I thought without having done all the beautification that you see uh, at gourmet restaurants and on Food Network, that it actually came out pretty appealing. Uh, If you want to see an image of it, you can see it on Instagram at Feed the Bean Podcast. That's me. There's another Feed the Bean. It's just some guy that says he's trying to find love in all the wrong places and then has pictures of food. Um, Steer clear of him. 
go to me, feed the bean podcast. I'm a guy that found love in the right place. And now I'm cooking food for my two-year-old and you all. So the overall sentiment of everyone who had it was that it was delicious. It was awesome. Uh, We had a bunch of house guests over, my in-laws friends, and one of them in particular kept on going back for more. We ended up serving it as an appetizer when I was originally making this dinner. It was just going to be for our close family. Uh, But then more and more people decided to come over that night. So this became an appetizer, which I was actually grateful for. Took some of the pressure off. I don't know how I would feel about 10 people eating my duck and watching them like a serial killer slowly chew on my food and try to read their faces for their emotions. So it was nice that it was an appetizer and they could skip around and I could run around with the bean uh, and not pay attention to whether they liked it or not. But one of them kept on going back for more and then asked if he could take some home, which I thought was a ringing endorsement. Now, before we go to the beans taste test, uh, I wanted to reach out for some advice from the listeners. So you can DM me on Twitter or Instagram on Twitter. I'm at feed the bean on Instagram. It's feed the bean podcast, or you can email me. The show's email address is feed the bean at gmail.com. So we've been moving around a lot recently and you would think that the lack of sleep would come from the newborn, but she has been an absolute champ and is down to actually only one or two wake-ups a night, so just one or two feedings. But it's our beanie, the bean, who's struggling to sleep through the night all of a sudden. Uh, she's always been a champion sleeper if she only you know wakes up a little bit too early sometimes. Um, she wakes up at five, which is when the wife and I also wake up for work, but we can deal with that. She's been waking up two hours apart every night, screaming and asking for us to put her blanket back on her. So we tried giving her a sleep sack, which is something she used to use and we thought she'd grown out of, and it helped a little bit. We're thinking it might be nightmares. But there's been a lot of big changes in her life recently. We moved houses. We brought home a baby. We changed our work schedules when we both went on leave. And then we went to Florida. And this sleep stuff started before Florida. So I'm assuming all y'all listening are also parents, also have had toddlers or currently have toddlers. So if you have any great advice about uh, how to end this sleep regression that's been going on for longer than a normal sleep regression. I'd appreciate hearing from you. I'd love to hear from you. We can make a nice little parenting community here sharing some sleeping tips. So again, that's feed the bean on Twitter, feed the bean podcast on Instagram and feed the bean at gmail.com. Before we go to the bean on her taste test, you might've noticed that I didn't have any recordings from the kitchen. And again, that's because this was an away game. I was in my in-laws kitchen and I didn't want you to hear the banging of dishes, the crosstalk from across the room. I'm not sure that my in-laws totally understand what a podcast is. So if I were talking into my microphone, 
or my phone in the kitchen, uh, I'm pretty sure after each sentence, you'd hear a, huh? What? What'd you say? So I decided to forego that and just summarize the cooking process uh, at my desk. That being said, during the beans taste test, you will hear somebody else banging and pots and pans clanging and water running um, because it's not my house and other people need to use the kitchen and it's not my place to tell them to stop. I want to be a good guest. So off to the bean. All right. Daddy made this for you. It's special. It is a steam bun. This is a steam bun. You say steam bun? Steam. Yeah. This is hoisin sauce. You say hoisin? Okay, we spread the hoisin. Mmm. What do you think about the steam buns? Yeah. Yummy, yummy? No. Try one. Mmm. Yummy. Yummy? Oh no, yeah. Where is it yummy? Right in my mouth. In your mouth? Where else? Yeah, in my tummy. Quite Mmm. Yummy in my tummy. Did you hear that? Did you freaking hear that? Not just a yummy, not just a mmm, a yummy in my mouth, a yummy in my tummy, a unqualified success. What an unreal feeling. I put so much work into this meal. I cried at a supermarket. I burned the ever-loving crap out of myself several times cooking it. Hey, here's a pro tip for you. If you take a pan out of a 400 degree oven, 30 seconds later, the handle of that pan is still 400 degrees. Do you know what 400 degrees pans do to your, your hand? They burn them. They burn them. Hey, here's another tip. Don't put your face next to the duck breast when you're flipping it over and trying to crisp up the skin because it splatters fat into your face and I still have a scar on my eyelid from that fat. So again, I'm not a professional chef, but this meal was professional caliber. I am shocked. I couldn't believe that the steam buns came out great. I've never baked anything. And that was a success, unmitigated success. Now, Sid yummied in her tummy for this. It was her words, not mine. Although I did lead her to it, but she said it before when I wasn't recording. Those are two separate recordings that were put together. Her favorite part by far were the steam buns. She took a few bites of the duck and gave me an mmm. It might have been a little patronizing. I don't know if a toddler can patronize you, but she ate it. She took a bite, which is a victory in itself because she doesn't eat meat anymore. But this she ate. She liked the pickles. She liked the mushrooms, but the steam buns were the victor. They were her favorite. She ended up having, after the recording, four more steam buns. Just the steam buns alone. There actually wasn't enough for the guests to make themselves little tacos. Uh, which again, wrong country, wrong continent, wrong everything. But they look like little tacos. I am floating on cloud nine. What a... I'm glad it paid off. 
after all that frustration. Uh, if this one didn't go well, I, I would have been really disappointed. So thank you again for tuning in. I've said it a few times already, but if you want to reach out to me or just stay up to date with the show, you can find me on Twitter at Feed the Bean. You can find me on Instagram at Feed the Bean Podcast, where I'll put up all the pictures of our meals. You can email the show at feedthebean at gmail.com. And if you have any recipes that you think I should try, please send them over. I'd love to hear from you and see what other parents are making their kids, and I'd love to give it a shot. So with all that being said, until next time, I'm your chef daddy. Chef daddy.